Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Good morning. I am so, so thrilled that we get to be together this morning. We are in part two of a two-week series called This Is Us. Summer is winding down, back-to-school time has begun, and everything is spinning back up in our worlds, all of the busyness, and, and it's just a brand new year, a blank slate of a calendar school year, and uh, we have the, the great privilege to spend these two Sundays looking at the heart and mission of People of Hope Church, what we're about, where we're headed, what are the dreams on our heart, and how God might call you to be involved in that and engaged in that. We are one year and one week old, <laughs> uh, two weeks old, I guess now. We are, we are a baby little church. We're still figuring things out. We're still growing. God is still gathering of people, but he has put big dreams in our heart, not for inviting people to join a club or a group or an organization, but to get in the flow of his life and to watch him change people's lives all over this city. Does that sound good? We want to be involved in helping people meet Jesus and seeing their lives forever changed. Last Sunday, we looked at two of five kind of statements we're living with at this time in the life of our church. These statements all begin with the letter B, so they're kind of a little bit easier to remember, but let's kind of refresh ourselves on these. The first one is we believe. This is who we are. We are a community of Christians. We're following Jesus as his disciples, not attenders, but people who've said, I'm in. I believe Jesus is who he says he is, and I am turning from my own way, and I am following Jesus as his disciple. I'm a follower. He's the leader. I want to go his way. I want to watch him and learn from him. I want to become like him. We follow Jesus as his disciples, and we're being baptized as a public declaration of our faith. We saw last week all throughout the scriptures that we used that 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 baptism isn't just something to do uh, for those who feel like it of a certain denomination. Baptism is a biblical command from Jesus. Go and make disciples, and then next, sequentially, then baptize them, and then teach them, and then get them going, making more disciples. So baptism is a part of who we are in our identity. Secondly, we talked about we belong. We belong to each other. One of the beautiful parts of being alive in Christ Jesus is that God has been caring and loving for you. He has provided a family for you. Is that good news? He has given you brothers and sisters, co-laborers, people to be in the fight with you, people to cheer you on when you're getting tired, people to be there and help you through the days that are just feeling like the depths of the darkest pit. And he has got people in your life to celebrate and cheer with you and, and just rejoice with you when you're standing in the season of blessings. We belong to each other. And we're identifying people of hope as our church home. We talked about last Sunday, every disciple of Jesus needs a church home. Somewhere that you've declared and identified your primary place for Christian community, where you're living under spiritual leadership, and for serving with our spiritual gifts. We connect in community groups for friendships, encouragement, Bible discussions, prayer, and care for each other. This, this point right here of, of having a church home isn't about getting on somebody's list. 
It's a spiritual discipline. I need, as a disciple, I need to say, this is, these are my people. And these are my leaders. And this is the place where I'm investing my spiritual gift. Every believer in Christ has a spiritual gift, and we are to invest that with each other. I used to do work with college students. I spent almost 17 years at a church in Texas working with college students. And one of the habits that would go on in the lives of college students is, is that they would flit and flutter around to different churches. I mean, if they liked the title of this series for a while, they'd go to that church. Or if they thought that, you know, the music was particularly good for a while at this church, they'd go over to that church. And then they'd kind of bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce. And God put this word on my heart one day for them. This word was their... There's a real struggle in the lives of college students in that town for having the spiritual discipline of declaring a church home. They fool around with many, but they're married to none. Fool around with many, but married to none. And here at People of Hope, we're not asking people to get on a list. That's not what it's all about, but we're inviting people in to say, I'm going to put some roots down, I'm going to get involved. I want to be a part of where this people is going. Not a place, it's not a building, it's a people. We're a people of hope. So those are the first two we looked at last week. Let's look at the first one we're going to look at this morning. The third one is we become. We are a place that celebrates the idea that if you are a work in progress, you're welcome here. Amen? Because none of us have it all figured out and none of us have all of our junk together. Amen? You are welcome to come as you are, but you are also encouraged to not stay or remain as you are. We don't celebrate brokenness. We embrace it, but we believe our God changes people's lives. We believe God brings people out of pits. We believe that God sets people free. We believe that God changes marriages. God changes families, changes homes. God has the power to be a, a life-changing force in businesses and in schools all over this city. Do you believe that? We are a becoming people. I don't know about you, but I haven't arrived yet. I'm not fully formed yet. I'm not perfect. So in the words of Paul, I press on to what's ahead. And that's who we are. We're a becoming people. We need to grow. We're growing in our relationships with Jesus while increasing in knowledge, increasing in freedom, increasing in maturity, and increasing in influence. Every year, you ought to increase in your maturity as a worshiper. Every year, you ought to increase in your maturity as one who handles worry. In every year, you ought to be one who increases in your maturity, in your anger, You're increasing in maturity in your understanding of, of theology and knowledge and, and influence. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let's be brighter lights this year. Let's not cover up our light. We want to have influence in our schools and neighborhoods and homes and businesses that word freedom is big to me. I believe we are a becoming people and that Jesus isn't finished setting you free. Jesus isn't finished setting you free. Jesus died for you to be completely free. 
story of Lazarus in the book of John chapter 11 is meaningful to me and I love how Jesus went to this place where his friend got sick and died and was buried and he said, roll away the stone and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And this dead man, Lazarus, got up and walked out and he walked out alive and then Jesus said to all the people around him, now go and take the grave clothes off of him because he was probably wrapped up coming out of that grave. (laughs) And we sang the song this morning. He called my name, and I came out of that grave. And you're alive, but day by day, year by year, decade by decade, the grave clothes are still coming off. Anybody relate to that? I'm more free than I was last year, but I'm not fully free. And God wants to set you free from shame. God wants to set you free from addiction. God wants to set you free from all of the corrupt, broken things in this world. And year by year, we are becoming, not in our own strength, but as the Holy Spirit does a sanctifying work in our hearts. We are a becoming people. Yes, if you're broken. Yes, if you're wounded. Yes, if you're ashamed. Yes, if you feel like you've made a mess of it all. Yes, if you feel like that you've just wasted and squandered. Yes, come on in. You are welcome. Yes, if you are bound up. Yes, if you are addicted. Yes, come on in. You are welcome here. We are not judging you here. Come on in. This is a place of hope. But the hope does not stop with giving you a place to go to church. The hope is is that Jesus can set you free. We are becoming people. So come as you are, but you don't have to stay as you are. Hallelujah. (laughs) That fires me up. We grow through devotional habits, community groups, and through the teaching ministry of our church. We gather weekly. It matters. Being here on a Sunday together matters. This gathering matters. This moment of saying, I'm not alone, matters. This moment of saying, uh, let's sing these songs of faith together. And today I may be singing the words, but my faith is a little more, uh, more thin today, and your faith is a little more full, and I'm encouraged by your full faith to keep going in these days ahead. This gathering absolutely matters. It's what we do because we are a becoming people. Let's look at the next one. We become, we build. We're a year and a couple of weeks old, but we are still building this church. Amen? We are still figuring out who God wants us to be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And let me tell you, our dreams are not just to fill up this room. Our dreams are to absolutely be a part of God's life-changing plans for MTSU in big ways. Our dreams are to not only have this room, but to have multiple rooms all over Middle Tennessee where we would figure out what our DNA is at a church, as a church, and then replicate that in other churches around the city. There'd be people of hope south and north and east and all those kind of things along the way. A family network of churches where we are taking the hope of Jesus into every dark nook and cranny in Middle Tennessee. Let's go. We are building We are building. We're still building. We can't coast. We got some chairs. We got some sound. We got some lights. We have some amazing gifted worship leaders who come and rotate through here on a weekly basis. We've got some cool things going on, but we are still building, and we need each other in that. 
Everybody's got a spiritual gift. Everybody needs a church home. Jump in, pick up a hammer, and become a hope builder. We talk about that here at our church, that we don't have volunteers, we have hope builders. Because a vol- volunteer feels like they're doing you a favor. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring some donuts. But a hope builder says, oh man, the church is doing me a favor. I get to play a role in somebody's story of hope. I'm in. I want to be a part of that. We are joining serve teams. That's how we get involved. This church is going to grow and be influential, not on, on my back, but on our collective backs. Together, we will work and sweat and pray and give and sacrifice and come early and stay late and serve. We'll do it together. We need each other. Amen? We need all of us in. We need all in. Come on. All hands on deck. Let's go. Because God can do anything. And his dreams are not small. And we want to be a part of what God's doing. We want to be a part of those stories of hope. So we have serve teams here called Hope Builders. We also give financially to God and his church. We joyfully serve the work of God in People of Hope Church, the city of Murfreesboro, and on the campus of MTSU. One of the things you're going to hear about a little bit later today is that we're adding a couple of new teams to our serve teams, and one of them is a team called Love Murfreesboro. And one of our, our, our wonderful folks has agreed to lead that team, and we have some incredible plans. We are already working on what our big emphasis is going to be to get out in the city of Murfreesboro to engage some people who need hope in the month of October. A project is coming in the month of October that you and I can get to be a part, and we get to represent Jesus and carry the hope of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus to some people who don't know that the mercy of God is still alive. That's exciting. It's not just about what happens in this city, God, in this room. God's put us in this city for a reason. Murfreesboro is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. I don't know if you know that. It's one of the fastest growing cities in Tennessee. And God birthed people of hope for a purpose. Do you believe that? I want to be a part of that. So we build together. Let's look at one more. We become, we build, and then finally this morning, we want to talk briefly just about the fact that we bring. We bring. Good news is not something to be kept for ourselves. Good news is meant to be shared. And we want to invite people, not to an organization, but to a person whose name is Jesus, who's full of mercy and kindness and love. We want to invite people to Jesus who can do anything. We want to invite people to Jesus who said, ask and seek and knock. We want to invite people to Jesus who forgives every sin. We want to invite people to Jesus who demonstrated his own love for us on the cross and that while we were yet sinners, Jesus paid for our guilt. We want to bring more people to Jesus. So we're bringing, we're inviting others to believe in Jesus through personal conversations, through our community groups, or a worship gathering. You know, I love that idea about community groups. It could be that somebody in your neighborhood, or somebody from your office, or somebody from your school, their first encounter with People of Hope might be through your community group and not through a Sunday morning gathering. 
Invite your friends, invite your neighbors to come on in as you get together with some people for real relationships and talk about real life with each other. Invite them in to enjoy what community can be because it's lonely out there, amen? And it's competitive out there. And one of the things that God is doing through the birth of People of Hope Church is he is putting on display what new community can look like. It's messy, but it's beautiful. It's living water to some dry souls. So all of us as a church, we are bringing because we believe it is a privilege to connect others with the hope of Jesus. This is who we are. We believe. We belong. We're becoming. We're building. And we're bringing. Let's go. For our Bible teaching this morning, I want to focus in a little bit on our defining of relationship with POH. POH, People of Hope. What what is your relationship with people of hope? At this time in our history, a year and two weeks, at this time in our history, we are not embracing some kind of a, a traditional church membership, not because that's a bad thing or an evil thing, but that's not where we are right now. But what we are saying is you can, you can probably have two kinds of relationships with people of hope. You can be an attender where you're coming and enjoying, and that's great, keep coming and keep enjoying. Or you can be a hope builder. And a hope builder is an invested, committed person who said, like we've been talking about, you know what, I sense the Lord saying, I need to make my church home, people of hope. I need to make this church my church home. And, and I need to say, this is where I'm invested. This is where I'm going to serve. This is where I'm going to give. These are my leaders that I'm going to learn from. This is where I'm going to do life with these people. And this morning, this, this concept of relationship with a church, not fooling around with many, but I want to kind of get married to one. I want to I wanna say, you know, for my own spiritual good, my own growth as a disciple, I want to declare a church home. And if you're a tender this morning, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you to take the next step of involvement and become a hope builder today to get involved in serving here. Get involved in going above and beyond attending here to pray and to invite and to give and to serve on one of our teams. And the way I want to talk about this investment, this hope builder life is I want to use a scripture passage that many of you are familiar with, but I want to teach through a different lens in this passage. Open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. Hopefully through this text, we'll hear some things that are true about us in our relationship with church, in our life of investing and serving. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. 
that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Look at those three verses again. Blessed is the one, this is what the psalmist is going to say, and he's going to give you some contradictions first, some negative things first. Blessed is the one who doesn't do three things, who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed is that person who doesn't stand, sit, or walk in those ways. But Blessed is the person, verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person who doesn't sit, stand, or walk with the sinful, ungodly, but who delights in the word and ways of God. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, but whatever they do prospers. So I want to go back through this passage. We're going to stay in this text for a few minutes together. And I want to walk through um, some some important points through each one of these verses. Let's start in verse 1. Blessed is the one. Blessed is is the idea of, of congratulations or man, it must be good to be you. Like man, you should be really, really glad. Exceeding gladness should be going on in your heart right now. A sense of being hashtag blessed should be bubbling over. Blessed. Psalmist says these are those. Blessed is the one who, first of all, verse 1, who does not walk in step with the wicked. The idea of the wicked there is the one who just chases after the things that their flesh craves, the one who runs after ungodliness, the one who pursues the stuff of the earth and the stuff of the world, the stuff that's dark and shady and really contrary to the ways and things of God. But our world is going hard after whatever their flesh wants. And there are a lot of people who are really, really, really committed to the way of the wicked. And God is saying, you and I are not supposed to keep in step with them. We're supposed to live a different life. So blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. That brings me to the Apostle Paul's thoughts that say you and I are supposed to keep in step with whom? The Spirit. We are to keep in step with with the Spirit. We're not supposed to keep in step with the wicked. We're supposed to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Because we're alive in Christ, we are not pursuing the pleasures of this world. We are not chasing after earthly treasure. We are chasing after eternal treasure and the glory of God. We are committing ourselves to say, I know this world is not all there is, so I'm not going to build my life on it. I know that that all the things that shiny and glimmer and promise, I know they're empty. Another material possession will not fill the emptiness of your heart. Amen? And that goes for not only things, but people. Ladies, a man will not fill the needs of your soul that are meant to be fulfilled by God. Men, a woman cannot Fulfill the needs of your soul that are meant to be fulfilled by God. And the wicked seek satisfaction in the stuff and people of earth. 
And we are called not to keep in step with that. Young church, people of hope. Young church, a year and two weeks. Do not try to keep up with the ways of the wicked. Try to keep up with where the Spirit is moving. Next part of verse 1. The psalmist says, Blessed is the one who does not stand in the way that sinners take. So who does not stand in the way that sinners take. The word way, whenever you see that, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, you can think of a road. And it's almost like this idea of an, of an intersection and people loitering around and standing around and they're in this place where they're just up to no good. You see a bunch of people hanging around a certain part of town, you can just sort of like go, yeah, I'm not so sure that they're planning how to like go serve the homeless. I think they're probably planning some things that aren't really good. And the psalmist is saying, I don't want you to stand among them. I want you to get on the road that is different. Not the way of the sinner, but the way of God. The road of the sinner is no life there, but the road of God. If you think about life in 2019, it is coated and saturated in selfishness. I want to get it the way I want it. I want you to behave the way I want you to behave. I want you to think the way I think. And it's not only selfish, it's full of competition. Some of it is outright at the job where somebody will step on you just to get ahead. Somebody will make up a story about you just to get ahead. But some of it's not outright in the business world. Some of it's on your smartphone as you're scrolling through Instagram and competition wells up in your heart like comparison. You look at some people and you're going, well, I look way better than them. Or more often than not, you're thinking that your life is not meaningful because you don't have their life. And that road that people are standing on, there's no life there, amen? So the call of God's word today is that you and I would consider ourselves blessed if we're not standing in the way, the road that sinners take. It's full of selfishness and competition. So what's the opposite of that? What's the godly road there? In Christ, we walk the road of unselfish love and serving. I don't know if you've thought about this lately, but serving is one of the most beautiful evidences of the gospel at work in your life. Serving is one of the most beautiful evidences of the gospel at work in your life. Here's what I mean. We are by nature from birth selfish, right? So when you see someone saying, I will give my time, I will give my finances, I will give my effort for the good of someone else, you almost want to go, how in the world did that happen? How did a heart get completely changed? From gimme, gimme, gimme to how can I give to make things better for you? How can I serve to make your day great? How can I be involved in helping great things to happen in your soul? How can I be involved in you seeing Jesus more clearly and following him more closely? How can I play a role in that? I'm in. I'll come early. I'll give some financially. I'll be involved in serving. I will come. I want to be a part of that. That only happens, that kind of change only happens when the gospel of Christ has happened in the heart. 
That's evidence of new life. My heart is unselfish. My heart is other-focused. If you can say that about you, that is a beautiful evidence of the gospel in your life. And the Bible is saying, blessed are you if you're on that road and not standing on the road and the way of the sinner. Another part of verse 1, there's one more designation here in this negative of those who should consider themselves blessed. Blessed is the one who does not sit in the company of mockers. The idea of a company of mockers, you can almost get this intersection again, or maybe it was at the city gate, or maybe it was on the steps of a, of a, of a building in town, or, but it's just a group of people. Picture high school for a moment. A group of, a group of brats... It's a kind word. Sitting around just watching people go by so that they can try to tear them down. You've seen those crowds before? You've been, you've been on the receiving end of some of those crowds before? You've been on the giving end of some of those crowds before? The mocker has a seat I'm going to come right here, and I'm going to do a little people watching. And if I see a weakness, I'm going to call it out. If I smell any vulnerability, or I'm just going to poke on it. If I get an idea that there's maybe an open wound, I'm going to try to use that to my advantage. A mocker is one who piles on when somebody's hurt. Oh, that is the opposite of our God of mercy. A mocker is one who leaves people to sit in their own mess. But a man or a woman who follows Jesus, who has committed their lives to serving, particularly even as a hope builder, is committed to saying, I will step into the mess, even the mess of your own making. And I'll get my hands dirty and I'll help clean it up. We're not to be the mockers who pile on, the mockers who lead people to sit in their own mess. The mocker is also the one who withholds compassion when someone needs a break, when they need some good news, when they need help. The psalmist is saying, you are really blessed. Joy should be bursting in your heart if you are not Walking in step with the wicked. Standing in the way that sinners take on that road. And not sitting in the company of mockers. Because you and I in Christ, we are people who have received grace from God, not what we deserve from God. Hello? We have received grace from God, not what we deserve So we are to live the life that's opposite of those three things. And now the psalmist turns the corner, verse 2. psalmist turns the corner and he begins to go toward the positive. So blessed is this person. Now he's going to describe them. Blessed is this one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Think about that word delight for a moment. What delights you? What delights you? 
Is it the look in the eyes of your loved one when they look at you? What delights you? Is it that special meal that your mom makes like nobody else makes and you take a bite of it and just, hmm, happy? What delights you? What satisfies you? The psalmist says, these are the people who are blessed. These are the people that you should say congratulations to. This is the people you should say way to go to. Their delight is in the law of the Lord. This has to do with God's written word, but it also has to do with God's ways. What we know is true about, his, about who God is, what he thinks, what he wants, what he prefers. Because he is God, he gets to set the, the, the preferences. And you and I have been so, so kindly given this word right here where God self-discloses his character and his preferences for life. Let me ask you, did you delight in this this week? Did you sit down this week and taste and see that the Lord is good? Did you drink deeply of this for your dry and weary soul? You are to be congratulated, blessed, if your delight is in the word and ways of God. I want to know what God thinks. I want to know what God says. And I want to live how God wants me to live. This is the call for us here in verse 2. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, his word and his ways. He goes on to say, blessed is the one who meditates on it day and night. Whenever you see the word meditate, I always like to throw in the cooking term marinate. You put some liquids, you put some spices, and you sort of put those together with some meat, maybe in a bag of some sort, and you kind of let them sit. <laughs> and in that sitting, there's a seeping. And in that seeping is where all the goodness comes. Friends, this week, sit in the Word of God. Sit in the truth of God. Sit in the ways of God and let it seep down deep into your soul. Not so you'll have something to post to your Instagram story. Hello? But for your own soul's delight. Meditates on it day and night the next part of the verse there is it's talking about meditating day and night, delighting in the word and the ways of God. It makes me think of, of, of what it means for us to be in Christ. We're not like the mockers. We're not like the sinners. We're not like the wicked. What are we like then? We're supposed to be loving our neighbors. Amen? That's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the people who are out there Binding up the broken. We're the ones who are supposed to be delighting in the opportunity to announce grace and mercy to those in need of it. Delight in being with God and offering hope to people. I want us to be a church who delights in knowing the word and who delights in doing the word. There are lots of churches who know the word but not so many who also do the word. 
this opposite picture of the wicked, of the sinful, of the mockers. Our life, our calling is that we would cheer those seeking hope, that we would welcome the regretful, and that we would serve the ones who've made a mess of it all. Does that sound good to anybody? I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. We're never judging these people. They come in full of a mess and shame and regret. We say, listen, we're not better than you. We just got here earlier. We're not better than you. We just got home earlier. We want to welcome people coming home to Jesus without judgment and delighting to live out the word and ways of our Lord. Verse 3, last verse. So that person... Because of that life, because their delight is in the word and ways of God, that person, the one who delights, is like a tree planted by streams of water. And when they're planted by streams of water, a tree, certain things happen to it. And the psalmist gives us those little three breakdowns. First of all, it's a tree that yields its fruit in season. It's a tree whose leaf does not wither. And it's a person who prospers in whatever they does. So let's talk about those three for just a moment. This tree, this is what you're like if your life is, is planted near um, like a stream of, river, of water. That's what it's like when you're delighting in the word and ways of God. What does it mean then that your tree will yield its fruit in season? Your life will produce fruit. We're inviting people to step out of just being an attender to becoming a hope builder. We're inviting people to take the next step of involvement because we want to see God produce fruit through your life. We want you to bring service, not to just get some tasks accomplished, but to be fruit-bearing, fruitful to the glory of God. And when your life is delighting in the words and ways of God and you're serving, fruit will come. It says fruit will yield its fruit in season. What does that mean? That there are seasons. Sometimes you can look at at a fruit-bearing plant and you can see the berries. You can see the fruit right on it. And other times, it's just really green, but the fruit hadn't come yet. And other times, you've just pruned it. And it's the winter time. And it's not going to come back until the spring. There are growing seasons. Just because you're not seeing fruit where you are serving doesn't mean life isn't at work below the surface. Just because you're not personally seeing fruit where you are serving doesn't mean life isn't at work below the surface. It yields its fruit in season. Second thing about the tree that the psalmist says, its leaves do not wither. I'm so proud of our people. I'm so proud of our hope builders. Everything you're enjoying this morning is because a bunch of committed people from People of Hope got here this morning around 7.30 and started setting up this place and transforming this place. They cleaned the bathrooms. They cleaned the floors. They set up all the chairs. They hang all the lights. They set up all the production stuff, all the staging, all of the screens, all of this stuff, move all this stuff in and out, get all the coffee made, all those things, put the signs up out there. There is a whole lot of activity in order to open the doors and say, we believe Jesus is who he says he is, and he can change your life. Come on in. And I know it's tiring for those people 
for a year and two weeks, they've been coming early and staying late and setting up and sweating. And by the way, we're working on getting a place of our own. Maybe, just maybe, we'll have some news for you next Sunday. Keep praying. Please pray. But what this verse says here is that that kind of a tree, its leaf does not wither. Listen, when you're playing a part in someone's story of hope, when you're playing a role in producing fruit, that kind of potential, that kind of joy, that kind of of mindfulness of privilege can absolutely combat weariness. When the alarm goes off on a Sunday morning and you're like, man, it's time to get up and go up there and sweat and set things up and get things going for church. Oh, I'm tired. Tired is real, amen? But what happens in your heart is you say, this could be somebody's day. Last Sunday, we had a family who's here because they heard about us from Facebook. This could be somebody's day today. This could be somebody's day to meet Jesus. It was last, last week, somebody's, it was two people's day to meet Jesus last Sunday. This could be somebody's day. So I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go sweat a little bit. I'm going to move a chair. I'm going to put some lights up. I'm going to scrub a toilet. No one's even going to know that I scrubbed the toilet. But when they come, I want them to feel loved and welcomed and thought about. I, wanna, I want When they come, I want them to have a good experience in God's house with God's people. And I am tired. But wait a minute, this could be somebody's day. Let's go. The leaf doesn't wither because it's connected to the streams of water. The leaf does not wither because it is delighting in the big picture of God's word and his ways. Finally, the last one. The leaf doesn't wither, and it's a person who prospers in whatever they do. If you're new to People of Hope, one of my phrases that that God's put in me from the beginning was this, if we are faithful, God will make us what? Fruitful. If we are faithful, God will make us fruitful. You and I have no power to change anyone's life. We have none. You and I don't have the ability to change a family, to fix a marriage. You and I don't have the ability to change a life, but Jesus does. And he is inviting you to come and let him live his life through you. And it may be scrubbing a toilet, or it may be setting up the lights, or it may be doing one of the other 57 tasks that go on here on a Sunday morning, but that is the work of Jesus coming through you in some way, big or small, and God is going to use that to produce fruit. And it will not be to your glory or mine. It will be to God's glory, which is where the glory belongs. This person that the psalmist is talking about This person who prospers. This person who goes, that's a good tree. (laughs) Every year, it's fruit. Every year, that's that's a good tree. So glad we planted that tree. That's good stuff coming out of that tree. If you will delight yourself 
in the word and ways of God, let me tell you something, your marriage will be better. If you will delight yourself in the word and ways of God, your parenting will be better. If you will delight yourself, soak in it, God will bring fruit out of your life. God will cause you to prosper. Now, that does not mean God will make you rich and always healthy. That's a lie. That's not God's plan for every person. But God will bring fruit out of your life. Delight yourself. And here, we have the opportunity to be men and women who serve as hope builders. I want to step up and I want to be here to let God produce fruit through my, my days with people of hope. All this serving and providing and welcoming, all this really matters for, for people because um, people matter to God and they need to matter to us, Amen. And one of the ways you can talk about that is, is through sort of the idea of, of a couple of different restaurants. <laughs> and sometimes churches can be thought of as restaurants. I don't know if you've thought about that before. You go into a good restaurant and you kind of look around and you're going, this place doesn't look like it's been cleaned since the Nixon administration. Um, let's keep going. Sometimes you don't even go to a restaurant because there are only one or two cars in the parking lot. Sometimes you walk in and you go, was I, how, how, am I, how am I supposed to get connected there? Like, like, hello, I'm here. I mean, it could be just a lame. We could pretend this, this table over here is just kind of a, a, a restaurant that's just kind of sparse. <laughs> Where someone says, hey, come on in. You can pick a table and if you're hungry, there's some Pop-Tarts. Where are the Pop-Tarts? They're in a box. Oh, I, I need to get the Pop-Tarts? Oh, okay. Cool. There's Pop-Tarts, but it's kind of cold. <laughs> it's not very personal. <laughs> but it's like, we got a table. Come on. But there's also a different kind of restaurant. There's one where there's been some thought and some excellence and some effort and some care and some love that's a lot more warm than just, you know, hey, find your own way. And that's when, when there's been some, some commitment to serve to make a restaurant great. You go into a place, you're like, man, somebody thought about the decor in this place. That's a cool vibe in here. When you taste a dish and you go, oh my goodness, I would never have put those two ingredients together, but that chef is working some magic. That's amazing. Not only am I coming back, I'm just going all over Yelp and giving this five stars. You go into a restaurant and you're thinking, man, I walked in and they walked me to my table and they, they kept asking me if they could do anything else for me and somebody accidentally you know, bumped into me along the way and they were so apologetic and the manager came out and they made sure everything was okay and they comped our appetizer and they just were taking care of us the whole time and serving us and I sat down and everything was clean and everything was, was beautiful and well thought out and I just felt so welcome there. I felt like, felt, felt like they had thought about me before. It's a whole different kind of a restaurant experience. I mean, it's not just a sparse, cold table and a box of Pop-Tarts. 
Let me show you what I'm talking about. All right, team, go to work. Thank you, sir. What, what's cool about all this is um, this table feels a little bit more warm than that one. What do you think? I'm kind of excited about these muffins, and there's some fruit, and there's or- nobody ever gets orange juice. Did anybody else grow up in a household where orange group was the expensive thing on the breakfast menu? And mom and dad were like, mm-mm. Drink your water. Be happy. You can have a juice box later. There's orange juice here? The idea behind some of the restaurants you go in needs to be some of the thought of the churches that we're building. And we thought about you before you ever walked in the door. And we had somebody come and put together some things for you. And we wanted you to be able to get to the good stuff. So we got some people working on that. We even wanted you just to have a good place to, to receive that. So we got somebody doing that and got some place where you could have some coffee. And listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but our God's not stingy. So we got orange juice. <laughs> and this isn't about the splurge. It's not about the luxury. It's not about being elaborate. There's nothing wrong with Pop-Tarts. But what it is, is this, you and I have the opportunity as a church to set a table. Which one do we want to set for Murfreesboro and MTSU? We could set one with excellence. I heard a leader say years and years ago, excellence honors God and inspires people. I want us to honor God with our opportunity to set a table. We have an opportunity to be thoughtful for people. Let's go ahead and put some salt and pepper out there because... They may want something extra on their dish. Let's be involved in setting a table for the broken and setting a table for the people who don't know mercy is still alive and setting a table for the people who are just desperate right now. And what's cool is the team, they get to do their part and I don't even remember who did the candle, who did the apple, who did the salt and pepper, who did the plate, who did the mug, who did the muffins, who did the orange. I don't even remember because that doesn't matter, does it? There are no small roles in a big mission. There are no small roles in a big mission. And they get to enjoy, check this out, they get to delight as the one who feasts delights because they got to play a part in an empty soul getting filled up and an alone person getting connected and a hopeless person finding hope and just so we're clear this morning make sure you understand and how this works in church world I'm not the chef I'm the server. And it's my job, Monday to Saturday, to go into the kitchen with the Lord, who's the greatest chef there will ever be, and to say, Lord, what do you want to make for your people?
I'll carry it to them. Lord, what is it you want to say to your people? What do you want to do for your people this week, Lord? And it's my job to get from the kitchen to the table, not add my own stuff, not try to dress it up, but to humbly serve. And when they delight, they will delight in the work of the chef, not the server. I'm with you in this mission. And there are no small roles. The person who put on gloves and scrubbed the toilet is making a difference, amen? The person who welcomed people in the parking lot is making a difference. There are no small roles in a big mission. And we're inviting you today to step out of being an attender only, which is great. We're glad you're here. But would you hear the call of God this morning, the invitation of God this morning on your life to join the team of setting the table every Sunday that we might delight as they delight in what the chef puts forward. Amen? Thank you guys. You guys can have a seat. Thank you all very much. So here's what we're going to do today. For some of you, I'm, I'm asking you to not think about this, but to literally do this today. This is your day. Maybe this is your day to take the next step of involvement with people of hope, to come, come above and beyond being an attender. And we're glad you're attending. But to say, I'm going to make this my church home, and I'm ready to get involved and be a hope builder. I want to be on one of those teams. I want to help set the table. I want to be in on that.